Hello there. Do you like real-life historical tales? If so, have I got the perfect podcast for you. My name is Alice, and I host the Backtracker History Show. Based in the UK, this self-confessed geek takes you for a stroll down memory lane and shares stories and interesting nuggets of information that has been discovered along the way. From tales of tragedy and sadness to epic stories of human courage or creativity, there are many people in history who have made their mark, however small. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, and remember to leave a rating or review if you can. If you want to find out more, you can get in touch with me via Twitter or Facebook using at BacktrackerUK with a capital V, capital T, and a capital UK. But until then, take care guys, and look after each other. special episode of My Drunk Movie Theater. I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trisha Campbell. And I'm only doing the dramatic voice because it's been a goddamn dramatic week here at the MDMT facilities. Although, for once in a blue moon, we're actually recording in person. It's true. Which is nice. So we're sitting here, Trisha's on her couch, we're splitting a mic, I have our good tequila in front of us, because god damn it, I have earned it. And I don't know why I'm doing this lame-ass John Mulaney impression, outside of the fact that we saw him this weekend, we and honestly has been the highlight of my week. So, That's fair. anyway, um, yes, so uh, if you get the chance, go see him, he's on tour this summer, he is not paying us to say that. It's just worth your time. It's true. So, anyway. He talks all about his stent and rehab. Uh, and you know you want to know all about you it. Do. You do. You want to know so <laughs> damn bad that you would go and buy the t-shirt that specifically says, <laughs> I saw true. him right after he got out of rehab. Which we definitely bought because, you know. How we, can you resist that? Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's what, what was really funny about that, Trisha, is that you look, you and I both looked at the merch and there wasn't shit to choose from. No. Outside of that shirt and an autographed poster. I said, there's two t-shirts and a poster. The one we got, there's one that had like his, the, the picture of him as a little kid. It's like the poster for the tour. For the tour, yeah. And then the actual poster for the tour and that, that was it. Like, yeah. And so, and then on the poster you had plain poster, autograph poster. I'm like, yes. well, if you're going to get the plain poster, you might as well get the autograph poster. Like, Except the autograph poster was like 150 bucks. No, it was, it was, like, it was only 100 Oh. Which almost would have been worth it, but I'd have rather gotten it from him in person. So, sure. anyway. That's true. But yeah. So, anyway. I am sure you guys have all followed our Twitter feed and seen the drama that happened, but I don't want to get into that just yet. I'd rather get to the funny part that actually happens before and the one after and treat this one more like a main event, because I think that's fair. that's fair. So, let's do the before. So, I told you guys after this. So, after everything that happened at during the night, you, me, and two of our frontliners who were just 
honestly kind of hanging out at that point after they got done mm-hmm. working. We were all bullshitting, talking about events that happened over the evening. On a Sunday, the Lord's Day, no less. <laughs> okay. So, at one point, I looked at you and said, Trisha, we don't have anybody up in box office. I don't know how busy it's going to get. I'm going to go ahead and open the box. That way I can deal with the Yahoos yeah. with the R-rated policy, and uh-huh. which winds up leading into the later story. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm dealing with dickheads up front with their tickets, their uh-huh. all that. And of course, got backed up at one point because dumbasses want to show up. Listen, if you're going to a movie, I cannot stress this enough. If you are going to see an R-rated movie and you look young, pack you, your if, fucking ID. If you usually get carded for alcoholic beverages, plan on getting carded, plan on for, getting R-rated. carded for R-rated movies. Yeah. So, anyway, so at one point, we hit a lull in our little rush. So I'm sitting there playing on my phone, waiting for the next customer. This little gal comes in, walks up to the register, and she goes, hey, I need to get two tickets for Nope. Mind you, rated R. Uh Honestly, you could have trimmed some language, and we'll get into that late, late on in the show, because we're definitely going to review that movie. Could have trimmed some language, probably could have gotten a PG-13 rating out of it. Would you agree? I agree. Okay. So, anyway, but it's rated R. Regardless, I didn't pick the damn movie. So she asked for two tickets for it. And I tell her, okay, I need to see your ID. This, Trisha, this little girl, I say little, she's she's a teenager, but like, they're all toddlers to me at this point. (laughs) She goes, oh, well, I, I," and it was after seven. Mm -hmm. That's relevant because what I'm about to tell you. She goes, oh, well, I I was told after seven o'clock, you don't need an ID. Now hold the fucking phone. What place, Trisha, have you ever been to that has looked at you and said, at a certain hour, you don't need an ID? Like, after a certain time. Before a certain time, sure. Sure. I can go into my local barcade with my kid anytime before (laughs) 6 o'clock during the week. And Sunday is the family day, so I can take him in there. Not that I'm going to, because I don't need to take my kid into a barcade. But any time before 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock even, here in the Midwest is usually everybody time because everybody serves food to go with their liquor. Yes. So why the hell would I tell would you go, I don't need an ID after a certain time? It's like the magic voodoo at 7 o'clock says <laughs> I don't need to be carded, right? And I look at this girl and I go, who, blessed child, told you this fallacy and she goes trisha i shit you not she pulls the oldest card in the book uh, oh what well, well i i called up here and asked and they told me i didn't i said oh really that and is she, my favorite answer and she goes that. she goes she goes yeah and i go really and she goes yeah and i go well that's amazing and she goes really and i go yeah because we don't have a phone line here sweet cheeks <laughs> Try again! And she just goes, oh. And saunters out the door. (laughs) Back into the ether from whence she came. Listen, if you are a minor and you're listening to this show and you don't work for us, even if you do, this this is universal advice for all of you. Don't try 
to bullshit on something that we would for sure know. We would for sure know if we have a phone line or not. And we will for sure ask you who told you said lie that you're trying to get away with. This is, this is, this is Fibbin 101. This isn't like, you know, how do we, how do we get into the, into the CIA secret bunker? This is, I, I'm just trying to get into this movie. Well, that's <laughs> tough shit. Just accept you're not going to get in. You're not going to bullshit us. And you're especially not going to bullshit me. Yeah. A certified <laughs> master of bullshitting. So. That's true. So that's part one. Late in the evening, as we are sitting at the bar. Yes. Discussing all the events that had happened leading up to this moment. Yes. We're talking. It's you and me and the two frontliners again. Uh-huh. They'd finished closing the stand. Uh-huh. And we're, we were just chatting. We were chatting. About the events of the night. Events of the night. Various nerdy things as we do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then we hear clank. And I went, did you guys hear that? And we all stopped. And we heard another one. And we got quiet. And just as I said, it kind of sounded like a poster case opening. We hear it again. And the next thing I know, a certain co-host of mine is sprinting down the hallway. Which co-host was it? It was you. Was it? Nuh-uh. I don't sprint. And the three of us left behind are just sitting there like, what just happened? Proceeded very quickly by, we're not going to miss this. Right. So, I run down there. I look to my right, which leads to the back door. And I see nothing. I look to the left. Trisha, there are four poster cases down that hallway uh-huh. leading to the front exit. Uh-huh. Three out of the four posters are missing. Yep. Left open. Completely empty. With the, the protective covers on laying the on the floor. Yep. And I'm going, are you fucking kidding me? This is not the first time. It's not the second. It's not even the first time this week. No. Because our Thor poster right by the office got stolen. So we're being a little more vigilant. And that one's on camera, and it's actually quite entertaining, because they were very slick about it. They were. I have to give them credit. Yes. So, I look down. These kids were not slick. No, no. They were were very much, let's just get this and get out of here. And they got greedy. And honestly, that's what wound up getting caught. Because honestly, if we only heard two noises, and they opened a collective 12 hinged poster case sides Uh that means they if they would have grabbed just one or two they would have gotten away with it yes but they went for that third one and that's the one that got them yep not that you should be using any of this as like how to plan your poster heist especially not with the posters that they went after let's let's go over that down that hallway that's our that's our our children's theater hallway Uh so it's all Kids movies. Yep. Minions. We, we, we try to keep it kids movies or at least family friendly. Yes. No horror movies or, or anything like right. that. Right. So, and it's not the Forgotten Hallway, which is where I tend to put all that other shit at. Yes. So, Minions. Paws of Fury and Puss in Boots 2, The Last Wish. And Those the, are the three posters stolen. And the one they left behind. Disney's Strange, Strange World, World, which... That one comes out in November. That's a Post- cool looking poster. It's a great looking poster. I still don't understand why they left that one behind. Probably because it's very pink. That's fair. I don't know. Either way. But they took that one, or they left that one, and they took Post and Boots, which doesn't come out till December. Mm-hmm. And they took the other two, which are current releases. Mm-hmm. 
which we have a bunch of these damn posters, Trisha. Yes. We yes. have a metric fuck ton. We do. Even. We do. So, especially Pause of Fury, which nobody apparently gives two shits about. So, <laughs> anyway, so I go down and I, I just, on the off chance that maybe, just maybe, I catch these little shits in the lot, barge out the door, and I see them, Trisha. When I say they're like standing at the car that they were going to get away in, they were standing <laughs> at the car that they were going to get away in. And I I just say, fuck it, I'm not running after them. It's posters. It's not yeah. worth chasing anybody over. But I am going to make it known that we, we spotted you, you little fucks. Yeah. So I yell out, hey! Can you guys bring those back, please? About this time, the two frontliners and I are about halfway between the stand and the corner, and we hear that, and we just immediately start cracking up and hurry down to the top of the hallway so we can see what's going on. Yeah, so I am standing there. I've got the door propped open. I am, I am like, leaned <laughs> up, like, straight-up cowboy style in this doorway, just one arm propped against the frame, the other against the door, just staring at these two dipshits as they're across the lot and i see them like drop their stuff and like oh shit like and then they pick their stuff up and they ro start rolling it back up on their way back and i'm like i can't believe it worked yeah the fact that they actually came back to the building and gave it back instead of just hurrying in the car and taking off the the third so there were three of them hmm. there were three of them the third one hopped in their car and started the car and that's when I, and because as soon as I yelled, that's when the lights came on. And I went, or like right after that. And yeah. I go, motherfucker, they're going to get away with it. And I'm like, this is the second fucker that's going to get away with it tonight. And I'm not having it. But no, these two boys got caught, mm -hmm. came back, rolling up the posters. And I'm just standing there looking at them as they're walking up. I don't say a word. I just wait. <laughs> and I wait. And then I reach out my hand and they put one poster in this hand and I take the other poster from the other guy, put it in that same hand and I hold them, hold them just like this, <laughs> Trisha. You can't see it, but I'm like shaking it in front of her. It's true. And I look at these two boys and I go, seriously, two of these three movies are currently out. Yeah. If you guys would have just asked I probably would have given them to you. It's true. It's not true because I wouldn't no. have given them shit. I said no. They they get claimed by the, yeah. the staff first. But Sorry, honestly, we're not allowed to give them out, right? Except to staff. And and even then, and like I'll I'll break that rule if it, in certain circumstances. Yeah. And like with like I said, with as many, especially the Paws of Fury posters that we had, I probably would have said, yeah, let me go grab you a fresh one. Just leave that one. Like, yeah. You know. And I did. I looked at them like, two of these three movies are out. If you would have asked, I probably would have gone and found you one. Yeah. And they're, I'm like, and they're like, we're, we're, we're really sorry. We're, we're really sorry. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. You guys have a good night. And I yanked that damn door shut in front of them. Just like, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I don't know what it is because we've had that one's or those those attempted stolen we mm -hmm. had a minions on the other side stolen like a month ago we had the mm -hmm. thor poster right outside our big theater mm -hmm. stolen what last week or the week before something like that something like that it's just been a rash of poster theft 
And the posters aren't even that great. The no. Thor poster notwithstanding. Yeah. Like, and, and here's the bitch of that, is we had that one next, so there are two Thor posters. There's yes. one with Thor, and then there's one with Jane Foster as Thor. Yes. The mighty Thor. Yes. And it was a great twin set. Like, was. I, was, I was ready to take them home. Yeah. I was so excited when I put them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was like the perfect Marvel complement yeah. to the DC ones that we had for Batman with mm -hmm. Batman and Riddler. And somebody fucked that up. Yep. So, here's my pro tip for you guys that don't work in a movie theater that want to get your hands on a poster. Just ask. Become a regular. Be friendly with the staff. It's true. That's a good way to get stuff that you normally wouldn't get. We can't sell it. It's illegal for us to sell it. Yes. You know, as much as we'd like to. But, you know, we cannot sell it. And if our staff doesn't claim it, yeah, it's easy for us to give it away. What the hell did your cat just do? She just fell off the bookcase. That's a good spot for her. Sasha, you okay? Keep talking. I'll talk on. Anyway. So, yeah. So, that was, that was the end of the night. That was like the after event. Because here comes the goddamn main event. Oh, Lord. And you witnessed the oh, whole I did, thing. Unfortunately. So, as like a little precursor, I had two two teenage girls come up, mm -hmm. and they had bought tickets for Black Phone. Nope, doesn't matter. Before that, I had two other teenage girls that tried to buy tickets to the same movie, and I told them, "No, not without ID mm -hmm. and not without a parent." Since you know, whatever. They so walked they, away. Yeah, they walked away. Next two teenage girls came up. And got immediately lippy when I told them we have to have your ID, and they didn't have their ID. I'm like, well, I can refund you, or I can swap you, or whatever. Yeah. And so, well, we'll just take a refund. And so I refunded the first girl. The second girl goes, this, this is ridiculous. I'm, I'm grown. You know how much I love the phrase, <laughs> I'm grown. She says, I'm 19, I'll be 20 next week. I couldn't help myself, Trisha. I said, well, congratulations. And they did not like that. I admit, I was a bit of a dick. But, like, if you're going to sit there and tell me something that's completely irrelevant to the yeah. conversation at that point. Also, if you're so grown, why are you not, why do you not have your ID on Exactly. You? They didn't like that shit at all. No. So, they, so, of course, the first girl just kept getting just mouthier and mouthier, threatening mm -hmm. to beat my ass with it. I'm like, little girl, try. Fucking yeah. try. Like, I have got two, uh, 100 pounds on you. I will, I won't even beat the fuck <laughs> out of you. I will just pin you down. Like, I don't hate women. So, yeah. well, right after them... I have another woman come up. She buys two tickets for the black phone. Mm -hmm. and she's a grown woman. Yes. So I don't cut her. End of story, right? Mm -hmm. She walks away. I start dealing with my next customer. And then I spot that woman with the first two kids I dealt with yep. handing them tickets. I called her out on it. I let her know, ma'am, that's if it's you're not, not okay. that's not okay. If you're not watching the movie with them, they cannot go see the movie. You know, if they're yeah. underage or without their IDs, she immediately got belligerent, and you were yelling this. across the lobby. Right, and why didn't you tell me that before when I was up there? I'm like, I didn't know that you were with them. Otherwise, I would have stopped it immediately. Yeah, and that's the God's honest truth. It had nothing to do with anything else other than mm -hmm. you came in. I don't know who you're with. Yeah. So she was standing by herself. The two girls were standing by themselves in the lobby. We had no indication that they were together. Well, I want my fucking money back. Okay, come back up here. I'll get you a refund. So and I interrupted the next customer I had to get her squared away. Which most people at that point are just like, yep, yep, yep. Do what you need to. Yep. So 
this woman proceeds to go, I know what's going on here. This just going on and on. The girl, the one of our frontliners that was working that night is next to me. She is dealing with two teenagers. Yes, they had bought tickets online, uh-huh. did not have ID. And so she is holding their tickets while they wait for a parent to come up because I believe the parent had bought the tickets. Yes. So they can't get the refund. Right. So they called parent to see what said parent wants to do and they're just standing there waiting for said parent to show up and while all this is going down right this woman immediately and and not to try and bring race into the issue but i have to illustrate the whole story yes the woman i'm dealing with is african-american the two kids that are getting from our frontliner are two young white kids probably 15 15, 16 16 would be my guess uh yeah and so she comes up and immediately asks are you 217 and they they immediately uh, deer uh, in the uh, headlights like n- n- no. no and so yeah she goes well you ain't seen an already movie nobody's seen already movies tonight just going on and on yeah. just showing her ass i'm like ma'am i'm trying to get your refund up. i need the tickets like i'm trying to usher her out the door yeah and so she calls me a racist motherfucker she throws the tickets back on the counter i'm like mm-hmm. i need the card that you paid with. she goes i didn't pay with the card i'm like paid with your phone with the card yeah i can still do it i just need that out yeah like and she and so she proceeds to go on and on yeah. about how how this is bullshit it's racist and that mm-hmm. the the other theater across town that's one of ours mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't do that that's why they go there that they they don't i'm like well ma'am i'm sorry they're they're not doing their jobs like yeah. that's that's part of the already policy that's part mm-hmm. of the company's already policy yes i get her transaction completed i go there you go i'm sorry i hope you have a good night Fuck you, motherfucker. Reaches down, grabs something, and throws it at my head. It hits me in the side of the head and ricochets off and splatters against the back wall. And at that point, I just, I am so taken aback and stunned that all I can do is, fuck this, I'm calling the cops. Yes. Pull out my phone. She goes, call the cops, motherfucker. And she storms off. I call the cops. I am, Trisha, I am literally on the verge of tears literally on oh, the verge man. of tears and i don't like and not because of any pain not because of any suffering but because i'm so goddamn angry yeah that anybody would just lose their shit and accuse that over a policy over a movie over a movie cops show up of course our cameras we don't let's be real we don't have fucking cameras in our theater not really not enough not yeah. enough and not quality enough like i know i probably shouldn't be revealing that but i am like it is what it is yeah so um and not anywhere near where the situation occurred i have no information to give them other other than the description of the woman by the time the cops get there they are long gone yeah so it does me honestly it did me no good calling the cops but i have a record of it yeah so there's that so that way, if the dumb bitch decides to get online and leave us a bad review and talk about how she threw the cheese at me, at least there's that. But back to the point, I'm sitting there and I'm I'm trying to give the cops as much information as I can to go off of, and there's nothing I can really do. Nope. I go back to the office. I'm stewing. I get on the phone with my wife. I am going off. And I'm just, I am fed up. I didn't realize that they threw cheese at me. 
Yeah, it was a cup of uh, nacho cheese or nachos. I felt a splash, and it felt more like a like a liquid, like a watery splash, like like a pop. Mm-hmm. Or and my my hair is kind of sticky, and you're well, none you're... of us seem to know where the cheese came from. So honestly, who knows how long it was sitting there? Right. It wasn't hot. I do know that. It wasn't hot cheese, so thank God for that, right? Yeah, it probably separated a little bit, so that might have been probably part, partly what you felt. Probably, so yeah, so and it's and it wasn't a whole glob of uh, of it enough in my hair to no. really notice that it was cheese. I think when it hit your head, it just the lid started to split open, uh-huh. so you just got a Maybe. little bit. Yeah, most of it was on the back wall. Yeah, and that's the picture we posted yes. the other night, which we still don't know who cleaned it up. Uh, Not entirely yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't know. It was so Someone quick. did so quick. But when I, you know, I close the show out every time that we do a show with the phrase, be nice to your damn movie staff. And part of it's in jest. Part of it is, seriously, we're, we're we working, with, with we're just doing our day. job. This is the perfect illustration of why I say it. Yeah. In damn near 10 years off and on of working in movie theaters, I've been cussed out. I've been called names. I've been called things that I am definitely not, or I don't consider myself to be like in this case, racist. I don't, I don't try to view the world in that kind of prism. Like I try to empathize with them and Mm -hmm. see how they view things. And maybe, maybe she just saw white guy telling me that we can't see this movie because X, Y, Z. And maybe that's the case, and that's whatever. Which, by the way, for anyone curious, in the aftermath of all of this, uh, the other kids, the other two kids were standing there. Mom showed up. Mom was super cool about it. They had a little chat. Mm -hmm. They decided to go see Top Gun instead. Right. Mom said, okay, if you're happy, I'm happy. All is good. All right, I'll see you guys later. So. That's how you handle that. Right. And... You know, and, and we've had people that have come in like, well, uh, well, they have my permission to go see it. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't. It doesn't. The reason we have an R-rated policy, one, obviously the content of the films. Now, granted, I said that no, probably doesn't need an R-rating if it weren't for the language. Mostly the language. Mostly, there's yeah. there's one scene in there we're, we're not going to discuss. Yeah. Black Phone, I think, is what these girls were trying to see. I believe so. And that I would go, I don't know... Honestly, there are moments in Black Phone where I'm sitting there going, I don't know that I'm old enough to watch this. <laughs> Not for any kind of sexual content or violent reason, but because it's really dark. Yeah. You know? And same goes for Nope. There's, like I said, there's one moment in Nope where I, even I said, this is terrifying. And again, I can't discuss it. But part of this content, part of it is people under 17. And that's not just all 17-year-olds. Motion but... Picture Association of America has decided that no one under 17 should watch it without a parent present. Right. It is not our policy. It is not our decision. We are told this. Right. And are tasked with enforcing it. Yeah. So, I, and so, so that's part of it. The other part of it is, is that teenagers unsupervised tend to get a little rowdy. Yeah. Because I did have to kick on Friday night out before all this happened. I had kicked kids out of fucking Minions, the PG movie, because they acted an ass. So if I can't trust them during a PG movie, why the fuck would I trust them alone in an R-rated movie? That's that's part of it. But it's mostly the content. I have no control over the content. No. I also have no control over the policy. I just have to enforce it. 
Yes. I'm not trying to be a dick. Unless you just you keep going on and on, in which case, yeah, yeah I'm going to match your energy and I don't give a shit. <laughs> Pre- previous two girls implied. But if you're going to lose your goddamn mind over that and make accusations over that just because you supposedly went to our sister theater across town and they don't enforce the policy... I can't say what another theater does or doesn't do. I don't work there. We don't have any control over that. Right. All I can do is say, I'm sorry. If they don't enforce it, they're not doing their jobs. We're going to do ours. Yes. And that's ultimately the price I want to pay for it. So, I'm not physically hurt, obviously. I'm fine, physically. Yes. Mentally and emotionally? Oh, Trisha, I think I told you it's a good thing we're not allowed to carry at work. So I probably would have shot this one. Which is saying something. Like, honestly, I I started working through scenarios in my head after that. Like, everybody with anxiety does. How could I have handled that better? Mental health. Yeah. How could I have changed things? The only thing I would have changed is whether or not I had pepper spray handy to just drop her ass right then and there. Literally. Like, I was so infuriated. Not because she got mad at me. I could give a fuck less about that. It's the indignity of having somebody throw something at you and you not being able to do anything about it. And that's what pissed me off. So, next time you're out, if you're listening to the show... And in case someone's listening and like, it was just a cup of cheese, dude, that's, that's legal grounds for assault. It is. That will catch you an assault charge. Yes. And that is nothing to laugh about. And if, if she'd spit in my face and you'd go, oh, well, in that case, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's not much difference other than bodily fluid. Yeah. Like, but either way, it's not okay. It's not acceptable. You wouldn't want it done to you. No. So why would you do it to anybody else? You know, regardless of whether or not you agree or disagree with the rule, the decision, it's unacceptable. Yeah. And, you know, I've gone into places and I've probably lost my temper more than I should. I've never, never once wanted to just throw something at somebody. No. Be it a cup of water or a cheeseburger or a fucking hammer or anything like that. I've never wanted to cause physical harm. Until this moment when this woman did this. And that's saying something. Even talking to my therapist today, she goes, I don't blame you. Like, when your therapist (laughs) says, I don't blame you, when you say, I had visions of just fucking plugging a slug in this girl's brain, that's a problem. That's a problem. I once made a misogynistic frontliner respect me because I lost my temper at him. And I still had no desire to throw anything or physically harm him. Yeah. Yeah. And that should tell you everything you need to know. So, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got Comic-Con news to cover. We've got to deal with uh, the Nope review and some other things. We'll be right back. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? My name is Michael Rocco. My name is Raf Stitt. And who are we, Raf? We are the host of Straight to DVD. We are a film review 
Joker memeing podcast. That's who we are. Hell yeah, that's what we do. This is who we are. This is what we do. Come listen to us. You can find us on Instagram at straight2dvdpod. That's the number two. You can also find us on Apple Music and Spotify. Where else can they find us, Raph? They can find us wherever they find podcasts, wherever you listen, whether it's, like you said, Apple, Spotify, maybe Google Play. Twitter? Uh, they can find us on Twitter. Uh, same handle, at straight2dvdpod. Fantastic. You can follow the two of us on Instagram. Michael, what's your handle? At Michael underscore Rocco underscore. At Raph Stitt, all one word. We uh, we hope you come come join us for some movie chatter, some banter, hopefully some laughs. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. That's about it. That's, that's it. I, there's nothing else for us to tell you. That's all we've got. So uh, we hope to uh, see you all soon. Check us out. Goodbye. goodness outside of everything else last weekend was san diego comic-con which as you fucking nerds all know that is where all the big comic book movie news comes out so we're going to be focused pretty eccentrically on that for right now um so let's talk about that marvel so D so dc had their panel which by the way we were at john mulaney during marvel's panel so yes. we got out of john mulaney to our phones just blowing up with yes this announcement, this announcement, this announcement. <laughs> DC had their their panel. They dropped the trailer for Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which I think looks like it's going to be just as much fun as the first one. Um, I'm excited about Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren, especially joining the Shazam! crew. I love in the trailer for that, by the way, that they drop in the Fast and Furious jokes and references just for her. And I'm like, in front of her! It's not even like it's just like, oh yeah, we got this little clip and we tied it to this clip with Helen Mirren. No, it's an actual scene where, where Billy Batson as Shazam just says, yeah, well, there's the Fast and Furious movies have taught me anything. It's that there's one thing that could beat everything, and that's family. Paraphrasing, by the way, because I can't remember the shit for anything. But family. And he's like, looking at Helen Mirren and she's just looking at him like, oh, okay. Like, and he's waiting for the rest of the, the shazam is what everybody's kind of calling it to actually show up. Um, so yeah, so, uh, yeah, so DC had that. Uh, they, I don't think they had a whole lot else. They're probably trying to stay away from the flash information till yeah. next year. Thank you, Ezra Miller. Um, Oh, sorry. They did have a new Black Black Adam trailer no. that they dropped, which is only like a minute long, which looks cool as hell. Uh, and of course, they had The Rock show up in costume, of course, and did like like he had like a full blown like pro wrestler intro for him. Like, <laughs> All right, that's, that's that's pretty cool. What else would you do when you have The Rock at right. your disposal? Well, yeah, especially in a, as a superhero. Yeah, exactly. So, that being said, Marvel looked at all that and said, "Okay, hold my beer." So. And they didn't do any of the flashy shit like that. They basically just said, so Kevin Feige came out and basically said, so phase four is about to end. Just FYI. He's just so calm the whole time too. Just like, yeah. all right. So this is what it's like. He was at like a, a boring board meeting. He was like, all right, here's the pertinent information. Right. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The way I the way I equate it is that he basically treated it like uh, like Tim Cook and Steve Jobs have treated like the Apple 
uh, uh, reveals for all the new technology that they put out, new phones. Uh, he might as well have said, oh, and one more thing right before the last thing. But basically they revealed their, the end of Phase 4, which we found out is going to be uh, the She-Hulk series on Disney+, Plus, mm-hmm. and Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever. Yes. Okay, cool. They revealed almost all of the Phase 5 slate. I think they did reveal all yeah. of Phase 5. Yeah. And then they revealed part of Phase 6, which, when you look at the slates, I mean, obviously you're going to sit there and go, okay, cool, we're getting Secret Invasion series with, with Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. We're getting, of course, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, which is going to kick off Phase 5, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you're getting that. You're getting a Loki season two. You're getting mm-hmm. uh, several other things in there. Quite a, the, Phase five was a lot of stuff that we knew was coming. We right. just didn't have solid kind of dates and order of things. Right, where it was going to fit in. Yeah. So you've got the Marvels, which will be the Captain Marvel slash Miss Marvel sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so you're going to have that. You're going to have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, the only thing that they didn't work in is stuff that's going to be coming out this year and next year, which is uh, their Halloween special with uh, Werewolf by Night, I think is what it is. Uh, and then like the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, holiday special. Oh, okay, that's yeah. That's so cool. I don't remember seeing those, and correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong, but... Um, I, don't, I don't remember seeing it either. Yeah, so so they revealed all of this, and then we got to Phase 6. So they, they basically did we, us, did we have the Captain America 4 title before? Yes, yes. Captain America New World Order was knew, worked in there. We knew there was a Captain America coming. We didn't have a title. Right. So now we have a title. Mm-hmm. We now know that Marcus Spellman, or Malcolm Spellman, sorry, uh, who was the showrunner on Falcon and Winter Soldier, is writing the movie. Yes. They've got a director. They've got all that. So that's coming, uh, which is cool. Uh, I'm really excited about their approach to that, that they're... Uh, uh, piling on from what we got from that series. Yes. In that, that makes me happy. In that Sam Wilson doesn't get superpowers and that he is mm-hmm. he is a man. Like he is just yeah. a man with the Captain America name. And how that was one of the big points of the show. Right. So if you after all of that making such a big deal about the super soldier serum and that Sam doesn't have it, you suddenly are like forget all that we're gonna give him powers that would just that would be stupid right so so we got all that um we did find out we are getting a new daredevil series daredevil born again 18 episodes not just the series the longest series they have done everything has been eight to maybe i think yeah eight to nine episodes Uh Uh, maybe ten maybe ten six at the fewest yeah uh, but yeah, but eight 18. seems to be that sweet spot that they like. No, fuck no. that. We get 18 episodes. It's like they heard all the fans being like, Daredevil, not just Daredevil, Charlie Cox Daredevil. Right. Give it to us now. No, not like, just Carly, or Charlie Cox Daredevil. We found out in Hawkeye that we we're getting <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio back yes. as Kingpin. Now he's in the MCU. <gasps> Give me that shit right now. Just inject it into my veins. Let's go. And with the confirmation that he is in. She Hulk. He appears in She Hulk in some capacity. Right. It's like they're like, all right, how many different projects can we throw Charlie Cox into? So there was because some... I feel like they were like Charlie, yeah, how much? How much would you like to do? And he was just like, yes, all of it, whatever you want me to do, I will be there. Tell me, give me a day, hand me a costume, I will show up. I will do whatever you tell me to. Just let me come back. Right. It was basically like, like 
Hey, would you like to? Yes, yes, I would. Well, what about? Yes, yes, yes. I would. All the things. Because I feel like of all the Defenders actors, he was the one that was most vocal about "Bring me back, bring me back. I want to do it again." Bring right. Me back. So yeah. Um. So there was that. Uh, and he's the one that all the fans were like, "Bring him back." Yeah. Bring him back. Yeah, we don't. If you want us, you bring him back. Yeah, we don't. We don't need anything else. Like just, just give us. Just give us Matt Murdock. Just give it. Give to us, us our Matt Murdock back. Yes. So. So yeah, so we found out we're getting that, and that's in addition to the Echo series next summer, which which he's also in. Yes, um, <laughs> we found all that out uh, after Comic Con. It came out that reportedly, I don't know, I haven't gotten confirmation on it yet. Reportedly, Daredevil and Spider Man will be fronting the ground level MCU characters, which makes total sense. It does. And all I want at this point is a Daredevil Spider-Man team up and more yes. so than what we got in No Way Home. Yes. Uh, yeah, no, like my, some of my favorite comic book interactions are between those two. His and little appearance in Spider-Man was a perfect way to like reintroduce him. Yes. To like bring him back in. And I'm a very great, good lawyer. And it was a nice little, yeah, it was a nice little like uh, Easter egg is, is too small. It was a good, a solid a nice, cameo. Just, just a nice little cameo. Yeah. To be like, by the way, yeah. we haven't said goodbye to him. He's, no. He's, 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 he's we're on. bringing him back. This is our match. Just a little teaser to be like, he's still here. So yeah. We haven't forgotten. So we're getting all that. They also revealed the beginning, the middle, and the end of Phase 6. Well, isn't Phase 5 also ending with Thunderbolts? Yes. So Phase 5 is going to end Admittedly, with I don't know much about Okay, so Thunderbolts, uh, I'm going to give you basically just the most base version of it. Uh -huh. Marvel's answer to the Suicide Squad. Okay. So you're going to get a movie that features the not-so-nice guys of the MCU. This is what they were setting up with um, With Falcon and, Falcon and Winter Soldier, with Black Widow and mm -hmm. Hawkeye. Um, and it looks like they might even be setting up a little bit with She-Hulk with Abomination. Basically, it's the, again, the not-so-good-too-bad guys yeah. of the MCU. So it Delving looks like, into the morally gray. Yes, which... Honestly, I love Marley Gray characters. I do too. Su the Suicide Squad is probably my favorite comic book movie in years. That's fair. And 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 we need those characters. We and, and the great thing about the Suicide Squad is that it was so over the top anyway. Yeah. While leaning into the R rating and making you kind of fall in love with these characters that you really shouldn't like. Yes. Idris Elba is like on the cusp of yeah, I'm not a great person, and even even with like uh will smith as floyd lawton in the first suicide squad movie yeah. obviously everybody talks about harley quinn of course uh -huh. you know everybody loves these characters but then like characters like peacemaker where you're like what an absolute douchebag i'm you're shaking your head trisha i because swear to you god know how much i hate him watch the series i am telling you you need to give it a shot it's not going to redeem him for you but you're going to sit there and go maybe he's not so bad after all like, you'll almost feel empathy for him. I'm telling you, it's good. So, but basically, that's that's what the Thunderbolts is going to be. So you're going to have U.S. Agent, probably going to have uh, Yelena Belova, uh, the new Black Widow. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm factoring in Abomination. I really am. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be. Of course, you're going to have Julia Louis-Dreyfus back as Contessa. Valentina. Valentina. Something. Something or other. Um yeah, so, you know, and basically she's their their answer to Nick Fury. Yeah. You're going to have all that. 
Secret Invasion, that series is going to be a full-blown, like, paranoid spy thriller where everybody's a scroll and nobody's a scroll and you don't know who's what. And I'm going, yes, I want that. Like, That'll be fantastic. Yes. Yes, it will. Uh, Like, there's so much going on. So, so that's, that's all of phase five. And we haven't even covered all of phase five. Phase six, like I said, we got the beginning, we've got the middle, we've got the end. Beginning with Fantastic Four, which I swear to God, if John Krasinski is not playing Reed Richards in this fucking movie, I'm going to go track down Kevin Feige myself, and I'm going to beat him with a bar of soap in a sock. Because, damn it, if you haven't seen Doctor Strange and Multiverse Madness, or you haven't been on the internet in the past two months, you're on your own for spoilers at this point. Reed Richards is the perfect fan casting. And honestly, after watching it, obviously you watch him in the office, but then like watch him in Jack Reed, or not Jack Reed, or Jack Ryan. And you go, yeah, yeah I can see you as, yeah. as kind of a charismatic, just insanely smart dickhead, which is what you need your Reed Richards to be. Yeah. Give us that. Marvel, Feige, I swear <laughs> to God, give us that. That's fa- that's part of phase six. That's the first mm-hmm. part. Middle of phase six, we get a new Avengers movie, the Kang Dynasty. So we finally, finally get to see what the fuck's happening with, uh, what was this character? Uh, he, not he who must not be named. That's Voldemort. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, it wasn't like the man at the end of time or something. Something like that. Like that. Yeah. Uh, he who must not get a name at the end of Loki season one. That's what he is. But Jonathan Majors, who is going to be in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's going to wrap up his arc or if this is going to be a two-part thing. I feel like it's going to be a two-part thing. Um, but the Kang Dynasty, like he's yeah. playing Kang the Conqueror, who is, and everybody's sitting there going, well, how are you going to top Thanos? That's how. Read your comics, look it up. Kang is, is a formidable... Feige. Stop doubting the comics. Like Kang is a is a formidable comic book opponent. Like hands down. Like there is there's and honestly would go toe to toe with Thanos if the two actually met up. And then the end of phase six. Oh shit! It's another Avengers movie. <laughs> We're getting Secret Wars, which if I remember correctly, Secret Wars involved a lot of Marvel heroes battling variants of themselves and even if they didn't fuck it that's probably what we're gonna get here and i'm so for it like let's let's fucking go right as much as they've been leaning into the multiverse i would be surprised if it didn't lead to some version of that at some point yeah absolutely so i i i i am excited for everything that they're gonna do like I know a lot of people over Phase 4 have just started losing, not necessarily losing interest, but there's been a lot of bitching going on. There has been. Um, which I find absolutely weird, because we're getting a lot of new characters getting yes. introduced. Um, I keep saying, people have forgotten what Phase 1 felt like. Yes. It was a lot of origin stories. It wasn't all super connected. It was, we need to introduce these characters before we have them team up. And now, not only do we need to introduce new characters, we need to show the characters that are still around after um, the Infinity Saga that we need to see where they're at and how they're coping 
post Thanos. Yes. So there's a lot of individual stories that have to take place here in phase four and even into phase five. And I'm sure by the end of phase five, they're going to start connecting a bit more. Exactly. Uh, Look how many different projects Daredevil's in before he even gets a show. Yeah. They're going to slowly start connecting them back up. Yes. So by the time we get to phase six, we know what's going on and where everyone's at and what they're doing, what they need to do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't wait. And not only that, they did announce a director, I think, for the Kang Dynasty Avengers movie. It's Daniel Destin Cretton from Shang-Chi. Yes, I do remember seeing that. Which is exciting news. Yeah. It is. Wow, that's really loud. Um, that's exciting news. He did really well with that. I would like to see them announce a Shang-Chi sequel somewhere in the mix. I agree. Um, but. But there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, one. Two, all the rumors right now are pointing at D23, which is the Disney Expo, mm-hmm. in September as being when Marvel's going to reveal eight, at least eight more things that they're doing yeah. in those those next two phases. Probably a good chunk of, if not the rest of, phase six. Yeah. So. so, needless to say, so yeah, and those two Avengers movies were supposed to both come in 2025, about six months apart, which we did not get with Infinity War and Endgame. No, it's that, a was, tall, that was a year. Right. So it is, it's a tall order. Uh, hopefully they, one, pay their visual effects artists enough, well enough to make sure that shit happens on time. Two, deliver us a solid story with the characters that we know and love. New characters that we're getting to know and love. I wonder if part of the reason they did, they started doing TV shows they can create a film division and a TV division and kind of, instead of the same people trying to do all of these movies, get all these stories cranked out, they can separate some of it out to a TV division to take care of. And the stories that they feel deserve more than a couple hours can get, you know, an eight episode arc. Yeah. Take the strain off of everybody. Right. And tell a better story. Yeah, and I and I, I think that's ultimately what they're trying to do. Um, plus, you know, Disney wanted to pad their Disney Plus numbers. As well, they should. Like, it's, it's a smart plan. It's a smart plan. You want to have your own content to provide. You want to have get everybody to have a reason to sign up for you. Makes sense. Who better to tap into than the Marvel fan base? Uh, outside of them, go with Star Wars. So, uh, Which is also what they're doing. Right. So, yeah, so I'm... I'm Reading all all the things that we've seen here, I'm genuinely excited for the Marvel future. Yes, um, same. And I and I'm and I'm on the record as saying when it comes to Phase Four, honestly, I've liked most of the TV shows more than half the movies. Not that we've had a whole lot of movies, but because uh, we've had Shang Chi, we've had the Eternals, we've had mm-hmm. Black Widow, we had uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, we had Thor: Love and Thunder, we'll have Black Panther. Wakanda Forever. Mm -hmm. That's six movies. So far, out of the five that we've received, I I adored Doctor Strange: Multiverse Madness. Same. I oh sorry, Spider Man: No Way Home. So that's yeah. I adored No Way Home. Mm -hmm. I really really liked Love and Thunder. I didn't think it was as good as Ragnarok, but I thought it was still pretty good, still entertaining. I still contend it was what we needed after Doctor Strange. It was a palate cleanser for sure. Um, I loved Shang-Chi. Same. The action in Shang-Chi mm-hmm. especially. 
Um, Black Widow was good. It just uh, stakes were not high enough. Just and that's that's, part, that's the problem with prequels, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then Eternals. Eternals is the only. They would have one... released that before Civil War. It would have had a different impact. Absolutely, absolutely. So um... I've enjoyed all the movies. Mm-hmm. My, I completely admit that I'm 100% biased. Mm-hmm. I will admit that. You mm-hmm. know this. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier was probably my favorite thing to come out of this phase. You know me. I love I love the ground level heroes. But you know that I'm a huge Bucky stan. Uh, so yes. Yes. I admit this. Absolutely. You know me and you know how much. Because mm-hmm. I, I that was probably my favorite show mm-hmm. until we hit Hawkeye. And you know I'm a, I'm a, I love my ground level heroes. Or, yeah. or the powered but not like super super powered so like obviously i'm gonna love falcon slash new captain america mm-hmm. bucky who has that super soldier serum in the arm but is not like super yes not not well known for that hawkeye who gets no respect whatsoever and yet doesn't show up in infinity war they lose he shows up in endgame they win like you know you need that guy but falcon winter soldier also gave us Joaquin Torres. It's true. It's true. So, you know, and I'm all about my representation here. So, <laughs> um, but Hawkeye, Hawkeye was just what I needed the holiday season. Yeah. So, and, and honestly, I could watch that show even outside of the holidays and I could watch it as a standalone show. Mm-hmm. My only complaint about it is that, that they didn't bring in, uh, or no, they did. Yeah. Sorry. They brought in Kingpin right at the end. So, so I'm like, yeah, I adore this. But like the, for me, it was all about interactions between Clint and, and Kate Bishop. Mm -hmm. And then of course, bringing in Yelena in there as well. Like that just tied a whole bunch of shit together. (laughs) So that one and Falcon and Winter Soldier were my two favorite shows they've done so far. WandaVision was great. Mm -hmm. Loki was good, but I've told you guys over and over again, I'm so over Loki. Like he's he's fine. I I we don't feel I feel like he's run his course, but they're gonna find more to do with him because he's so popular. I get it. Thank God Megan's not here. She'd be trying to fight me. Um, but yeah, I I am a lot more. Oh, and then Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel was good. I enjoyed it. It wasn't nothing about it really stood out. It's an origin story. It is. So, it was fun, and I look forward to and it, what she's going to bring. Yes, in the future, and and I think, but that's I, a lot of these stories we're getting this phase. Is what I keep telling people: they're origin stories. Exactly. We but we need this before you can't just throw this character in. The only reason it worked for Spider Man was because we've seen his origin story multiple times, and everyone kept going, "I don't need it again." Right. And so that's the only reason you can throw Spider Man in there with just a few little references and yeah. proceed. Yeah. So but a lot of these characters they're introducing now are not well known, commonly known yes. heroes. Right. A lot of these characters are characters that I, as someone who never really read the comics, really knows much about. And even some, and I, and I'm some, I'm not like gonna sit here and claim like oh, I've read every comic book ever, but I, I read enough and I keep track enough to know. Yeah. Like Miss Marvel, you is have not, some knowledge. Yeah. And, and and I'll I'll admit when I don't know something I know I know that the Miss Marvel series changed changed her power set entirely from what it was in the comics. I know that they changed her getting her powers from being the Terrigen Miss with the Inhumans because uh, apparently they just fuck all that, uh, and they're changing her to a mutant. Yeah, 
which is a cool way to get the mutants and the X-Men into the, into the Agreed. MCU. Agreed. Which, that, that leads into another bit of scuttlebutt that came in uh, over the weekend. Apparently, the rumored story is we probably won't get X-Men, or at least the X-Men we know and love, until 2025 because of contractual issues, which I'm honestly, yeah. I'm okay with. There's rumor, rumor has it that as part of the merger with Fox, mm-hmm. they're contractually obligated that if they did anything with X-Men, they have to keep existing actors and canon before 2025. But after 2025, yeah, they're free to do whatever they want. Yep. And rumor has it that Feige wants to start over. He does not want to incorporate current X-Men, any existing X-Men property as canon, MCU canon. So he's just kind of biding his time, and so he's allowed to introduce them, which means uh, Sir Patrick Stewart is just a little fun cameo. Ha-ha, look. (laughs) Sir Patrick Stewart is here. Anyway, moving on. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and so I, I... I'm totally okay with that. I think if you're going to do the X-Men, I think you need to do a full-blown reset. Yeah. As much as I would... Outside of Deadpool. We, which, yeah. which is going to skew that, that shit anyway. They already tried to do a soft Ugh. reboot of the X-Men by going back into the past. Yes, and so, creating even more confusion. Yes, so, yeah, because somehow um, Professor X doesn't age for like 30 years and then suddenly goes... <laughs> In a decade, goes from James McAvoy to, to Patrick, Patrick Stewart. Stewart. <laughs> At least with Obi-Wan, you could be like, all right, he lived in the desert, that'll age you. Yeah, but like, yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, you know how much I love James McAvoy, but it's like... Yeah, right. Yeah. And in all honesty, in all honesty, I'm thinking more along the lines of the actual, like, the X-Men comic, or cartoon from the 90s, which mm-hmm. they are doing a, a, not a reboot, but a sequel series too. Uh, Professor X in that does not look very old. Um, it's not quite a, I mean, it just yeah. just his look does not look yeah. old man-ish. Yeah. Uh, not saying that, that Sir Patrick Stewart looks that way either. I'm just saying... The cartoon version looks younger than than Patrick Stewart does. Right. Now, Magneto... Magneto, I honestly think you're going to have to find a way to not age him as much because the World War II Holocaust survivor is such a deep part of his story. Yes. And I feel like changing that... Unless... Unless you change him to, like, North Korean and escapes from there, I, or something to that effect, something a little more modern. It's not going to have the same effect. No. But you, you would have to find a way to update that, and I don't think there is. I think with the mutant powers, we've already seen with Wolverine that he doesn't age yeah. like, like a normal I like, person yeah, I mean, that's where the mutant, being a mutant comes in handy, because you have to kind of j- get out of jail free... Oh, all mutants age differently. Yes. So, anyway, so that's all of that, and then and then so we teased it at the beginning of the segment because we only got three minutes left. <laughs> One more thing, Kevin Feige said, "I see your Black Adam. I see your Shazam God, Fury of the Gods. I raise you with a middle finger." 
one Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer. So everybody's all excited about it. They looked at it. A lot of people are going, oh, I was crying. You know, I was thinking about Chadwick Boseman. I was doing this, I was that. And, you know, and I'm sitting there going, I see it. I see yeah. the trailer. It looks good. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued. I do want to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah. I am long on the record, though, of saying recast, 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 because T'Challa is such a strong character. And as somebody who, who was in theater in school and love, loves watching performances mm -hmm. and even loves watching certain actors take on the same roles as other actors I love have done and seeing how they change it. This is one that I'm going, I really wish that like watching the trailer, I told you, I felt a little icky watching it because of how they brought Chadwick Boseman's death into it. And I know it's part of the script with, with T'Challa and that they're killing him off off screen and they're going to do something with that and that they're going to pay respect to him. And I'm okay with that. But everything about this trailer, I'm sitting there going, I just, I honestly feel a little gross and I probably shouldn't. So I can't help you because I didn't feel that. No, I know. I know. And, but, and maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me being cynical and going, wow, y'all y'all are really going to capitalize on his death. That's not going to stop me from watching the movie. Let's, let's yeah. be real. It's not going to stop me from watching it. Um, but I do find it interesting that I'm apparently I'm not alone in this thought on the internet because, you know, the internet is good for everything. Um, the number of people though that were going that are hopping on there and going, well, I was for you know just not replacing him, but like after watching this, I'm like, we we just we should have recast him and something the other guys. Too late now. You, it's too late. <laughs> I said my piece beforehand. Uh, if you weren't on board this train before, you you shouldn't be on it afterwards. I'm sorry. Like yeah. that's all there is to it. I I I hope that I'm wrong. That that with the way that they're going to to pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman is going to be a little cleaner than what I felt. Yeah. Again, I can only, I can't control how I feel and I'm not accusing them of, because I'm not insane, not accusing <laughs> them of just, Oh, well let's capitalize on his death because that's a shitty thing to do. And I, yeah. I would hope Feige and company and Ryan Coogler would not want to do that. But just all the references to that, the mural and everything. And I get that you're trying to tell the story without him. To me, it just it felt felt off. That's fair. So we're running out of time on this segment. So do you have anything you wanted to add to it beforehand? Nope. Okay. All right. When we come back, we're talking about nope. And I have one other story we got to discuss. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Zach. It's Josh. Zach. Do you enjoy video games, drinking, and attempting to solve the world's problems through ridiculous schemes? Uh, yeah. Do you think others would enjoy that? I mean, I really hope so. So do I. So I think you all should come spend some time with us, the Midwest Meltdown. This show was created by these two fine gentlemen here, myself and Zach, when we spent the last 14 years telling each other funny stories, talking about video games, and literally anything else that comes to mind. We wanted to turn our passion for gaming into something that we could share with everyone. So again, follow us, The Midwest Meltdown, anywhere you can find your podcasts. That's Spotify, Apple Music, Podbean, Google Pods. Check us out. We'd be happy to have you.
All right. So we watched a new movie last week. We did. And one that's gonna be hard to talk about because I'm always saying the less you know, the better. We can talk about it in some pretty <laughs> uh, actual like critical terms without actually getting into the actual plot part of it, other than what you know. Jordan Peele's third film, Nope, uh, which I love that title. It's I really such a do. Perfect title, though. It really is. Which, when you when you know that it stands for Not of Planet Earth. But it's also literally every person's reaction upon watching the trailer. Nope. It is. Nope. It's, it, nope. it's every per- it's it's the character's reaction to what's going on. I say there's several times in the movie too that you're just oh, like, Oh god. Nope. Nope. Yeah, nope. that nope. so so every time it happens in the movie, I'm sitting there going, ha, ha, he said that's it. That's where the title comes from. <laughs> he said the thing. Yeah, he said he did the thing. Uh, so yeah, so this is like everyone's every time on Doctor Who someone says it's bigger on the inside. He said the thing. Okay. Yep. So huh, smaller on the outside. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, no, so this is Jordan Peele's third movie after Get Out and Us, uh, which were two very different yes. horror films. And this is no different. This is the third very different horror yes. films. Um, which is what I've tried to tell so many people. And they're like, well, I don't really like horror. I'm like, mm, you're thinking of a different type of horror. So, and, and we've had that conversation on this show and bet- yes. just between us outside of the show. Many times. Repeatedly. Horror is such a broad It is umbrella an umbrella term. term. It is. And and so, like, when I sit there and I tell you The Black Phone is a great horror film, you mm-hmm. probably watch it and go, it feels more like a psychological slash supernatural thriller. Okay. Put yourself in the kid's shoes. And that is a subgenre of horror. Right. So... Yeah, uh, the Scream movies, slasher flicks, or Halloween, or, or whatever, slasher flicks, total sub-genre no. of, of this, this umbrella term. Mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs is another one that they everybody touts it as the first horror film to get nominated for Best Picture, and I'm going, but it's a, it's a, it's it's a psychological, psychological thriller, thriller. But, but... Technically... Right. This one, this one falls, for me falls into the category of horror adventure. Yes. And when I say that, so without getting into spoilers for the movie, it's, it is it's very... It's a very difficult movie to describe. Yes and no. Um, without spoiling things. The best way I can put it to you guys, early Spielberg, mm-hmm. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Duel, Jaws. I- but those, like... Early Steven Spielberg movies, where it's the sl- Jurassic Park would be another good one to throw yeah. in there, where it's a slow build mm-hmm. to what you get to see. We don't see the alien spaceship until it's time to see it. Like yeah. we build up to it, yes. And it's you know it it's equal parts this this family comedy drama of two two siblings trying mm-hmm. to save their ranch yes. it's it's this sci-fi horror film of aliens just abducting shit taking shit possibly killing people and or animals like it's just it's doing whatever terrorizing this area mm-hmm. whether or not everybody knows it and so when you really dig into it 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 winds up being all these different things which is great and so that's why I say early Spielberg, because it, it takes its time. The biggest complaint 
And I say complaint because the people that are complaining about it are young kids who don't understand <laughs> a slow burn. Yes. Um, is that it takes a while to get to that action. We start off with the the setup, which basically is OJ, Daniel Kaluuya's character, and his dad, uh, played by Keith David, talking and getting ready to go get their horses ready for this, this film shoot that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, Keith David's dead. Yeah. Or dying. And you're trying to figure out why. And so is Daniel Kaluuya's character. And so, and that's where it starts. And so we build from that. There's there's a whole six-month gap. There is this, you know, we're trying to see things in the sky. We're trying to figure out what the movie ultimately winds up being about, though. And this is why I loved it. More so than the fact that it reminded me of those early Spielberg movies. Mm-hmm is because it's Jordan Peele and because he does social commentary in his horror movies between racism and, and, and all that with the first two films. And this one, it is the commentary is on our need as an audience, as a society to want to be a part of the spectacle. Yeah. I mean that in the broadest terms that we are willing to do damn near anything, even if it could kill us, to be a part of it. And that's why it's it's really hard to talk about this movie without... I think we're going to do a separate episode at some point where we just <laughs> dive into this movie because I, I am just in love with it. Because I'm sitting here like, there's another takeaway from it, but I feel like I can't say it. There, There is, and it's There's about, several takeaways that you really can't mention without you know what because basically yeah. ruining it yeah uh we're giving too much away yeah there's because there i mean there's commentary on man and beast there's commentary on man and trauma and i say that with i mean hell the first shot of the movie is a it's a blood-covered chimpanzee that's all i'm going to tell you and, and that's man and beast and, and so, yeah, there's several things going on. And I'm, you're probably sitting there listening to this going, what the fuck are they talking about? Well, I'll tell you, just go see the goddamn movie. Yes. Go see the goddamn movie. Um, so let's talk about what we can talk about. The performances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, that dude does better acting with his two eyes than most any other actor in Hollywood today. Yeah, that's fair. Um, which is which is appropriate because he's uh, his character is very stoic. Um, get out of here. Uh, you got to push her away. She's very stoic. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's very much a man, literally a man of few words. Yes. And when he does speak, he does have something to say. There's so many times where he's just like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's mm-hmm. it. My uh, yeah. That's the, it. Yeah. That's the line. Oh no no the. And, and they show it in the trailer. So this is not a spoiler, but just the way he delivers, nope, <laughs> just is so perfect. And it's so very human. It's true. That's the thing. Nope. He's, he delivers a human delivery. Whereas anybody else, and, and it's him and Kiki Palmer embody two very different types of people. Yes. And, and they're both incredibly believable in both roles. He is very much... In terms of you and me, introvert and extrovert. It's true. You you are very much in this instance, Daniel Kaluuya. You are OJ. I am Kiki M. Palmer. Yes, Kiki Palmer. So let's get into <laughs> Kiki Palmer. 
Kiki Palmer, she that that woman has for stolen... everything that the Daniel Kaluuya's character does not say. Mm-hmm. Kiki Palmer says ten times. Yes, and she does it well. She does. She she steals every moment she's on screen, and when she Agreed. doesn't, it's because somebody else is stealing the scene yeah. from her. Uh, usually, Brandon Perea, who plays Angel, mm-hmm. who is who is the uh, Fry's electronic technician that comes out to install security cameras for them. He's a conspiracy theorist. He wants to be a part of this whole thing. So I feel like you get, you get, well, honestly, across your main cast, you get four very different actors, four very different performances, Mm -hmm. four very realistic human people. Yes. Because like I said, we've got Dana Kaluuya as, as the, just the, very stoic, introverted, man a few words, mm-hmm. intelligent, but doesn't say much. Yeah. Kiki Palmer is Emerald, or M, who is very much the showbiz personality. <laughs> she's she's very much, you know, the, the face of whatever's going on and yeah. trying to do things. Um, Angel, who is kind of the everyman, who yeah. is a little eccentric, but like, He's you or me just working at, at this shitty job, just put upon is the best word. Yes, very much so. And then you have Michael Wincott, who plays Antler's uh, Holst, the cinematographer that gets brought in uh, early on in the movie and then towards the end of the movie. And Michael Wincott with that gravelly voice just... Uh, I can't do it justice. It's so just good. the tortured artist. The Very much. But, like, not in that super, like, angsty, like, oh, I just, I need to paint my canvas kind of way. aloof. Very aloof is the best word. There's, there's... Can't contribute to my art. I have no time for you. Right. Very, yeah, very much, uh, like, let's get down to it. Like, I've got shit to do. And if it's not tied to what I want to do, I don't give a fuck. Like... Very much so. Yeah. But it's for very real people. And I think that's why the movie works so well. Yeah. Um, and their interactions with each, with each other are just perfect. Because the way that they talk to each other and they act with each other is very much how people like that interact with each other yes. elsewhere. And I got to say, that is honestly the best thing Jordan Peele brings to his movies, outside of the social commentary, uh, is, is real people. Mm-hmm. So... You know, like from that moment in Get Out, where uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character is like practically begging the girlfriend to give him the keys so that way they can get the fuck away from this weird ass town. And, and just, just everything about that, the way Lupita Nyong'o in and and uh, Winston Duke in Us mm-hmm. are, you know, very much polar opposites of each other in that movie. Yeah, it, it, it just he he writes them so well. Mm-hmm. And he does the same thing here and puts him in a whole different situation. We haven't even gotten to Stephen Yen. Stephen Yen never disappoints. No, no, he never. does not. And he plays a man who, a former child actor, mm-hmm. who is dealing with his trauma in honestly the worst possible way. <laughs> yes. And when you see the movie, you'll understand. But that ties into this whole thing about how we as a people are just obsessed with being part of the spectacle. Yes. It also ties into this idea of how for our entertainment purposes, 
we are willing to chew up and spit out whoever. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're young or old. Once you've outlived your usefulness, yep. Hollywood cast you aside. Yeah. And, and he is definitely the perfect representation of that. I can't go on any further nope. than to say that. Nope. Check out the movie. And if you have checked out the movie... Let us know on Twitter because I want to talk about it. I want to talk about some goddamn bad. I need to do. I need Trisha. I need to do a separate episode. I need to get you. I need to get Abby. I need to get whoever I can to just sit so we can discuss this whole thing. I when I when I say this is my favorite movie of 2022 so far, mm-hmm. I am not joking at all. Um, I don't know where it ranks for you based on everything we've seen. Um, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at a list and remember because. Well, and I, I, so we were talking about this at work the other day. When it comes to our favorite movies of the year, I haven't seen everything. Obviously, yeah. No one, no one person can unless that's all they do is sit in an auditorium for twelve hours a day. But when it comes to my favorite movies of the year, Nope is at the top of the list, and then everything else falls in some kind of order. So, and it's all horror or horror adjacent. That's the weird thing. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which mm-hmm. is MCU's version of a horror movie. Scream 5, uh, just for clarity's sake. Fantastic. Yes, it was fantastic. Studio 666, which is just a goofy-ass horror comedy. It was comedy. so much fun, It though. was. It's not a great movie, but it is, and it knows it's not. It's yeah. intended not to be. It's so much fun. Uh, and then The Black Phone. The Black Phone, another movie that has caused me strife in the last two months. That I did not get to see because I had COVID. And Trisha, when you see it, I swear you're going to love it. If you don't, I'll be shocked. (laughs) The only thing, and, and, and even the, and that's just the movie theater movies. If I include stuff that's come out on, on streaming only fresh with Sebastian Stan and Daisy Edgar Jones, like that is a movie I went in strictly because I love Sebastian Stan and I came out not regretting a single moment. That I spent watching that movie. So think about that. That's six horror movies straight. Uh-huh. The only movie that I I have like actively talked about this year as just absolutely adoring and loving and ultimately watching multiple times is the goddamn Chippendale Rescue Ranger <laughs> movie on Disney Plus because it was just so good. And Disney is cowards for not releasing it in theaters. Okay. It's so good. It was so good. It's the only non-horror movie on my list. So, so yeah. So I, I feel like I've, I've propped all that out to you, and, and you've contributed. Yeah. I mean, is there anything else that, that you took away from watching? No, with, without spoiling anything. That's the kicker there. That's the hard part. I know. I think if, if you're sitting there going, well, I don't really like horror, give it a chance. I think you would surprise. It'll surprise you. Yeah. And that's honestly what I told told a customer the other night. Because they were like, I thought it was satire. And I go, well, it kind of is. After it is, every- but it isn't. Yeah. It's, I think it's one of those movies that you get out of it whatever you want to get out of it. Yes. Like, it can be interpreted many different ways. Yes. When I when I sit here and I say this is Jordan Peele's version of a summer blockbuster, mm-hmm. I mean that. Yeah. When I say it's his version of an early Spielberg movie, I mean every bit of that. Yeah. When I say it's a fucking Jordan Peele movie, I mean that too. 
it's a lot of different things. It, it really is. It's it's great satire. It's great comedy. It's great dark comedy. It's great horror. It is. There are people even going. There are western elements in it, and I go, yeah, yeah. there are. You're absolutely right, and I'm not talking about just the the California Gulch setting of the movie. Yeah, it's a lot of different things to a lot of different people, mm -hmm. and I honestly I think that's the highest compliment you can pay to any art form. Agreed. Is that you get out of it what you want to get out of it. Yeah. So if you go into it, because it's there's a lot of movies that just have a story to tell. And yeah. That's 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 it, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But this is not one of those movies. No. This is one that there's layers. Yeah. To it. That, it like that you are going to think about continue like you're going to yeah. continue thinking about it. It's not like you watch it, you enjoy it, you move on with your life. Like it's one that you keep thinking about yeah. afterwards and you keep finding even without rewatching it. You yeah. keep finding another layer to it as you think about it more. Yeah. And that's hard to do. It really is. The fact that Jordan Peele has done it three times now. Yeah. That's a fucking hat trick. Yeah. And it's impressive. And and the divisive response to it from audiences tells me everything I need to know. Yeah, that's what makes Apparently someone went up to Megan and said that we should be ashamed for showing it. It was so terrible that we yes. should pull it. Oh my gosh. Like, okay, you just told on yourself that you're too stupid to understand it. Well, so, bye. Well, so that's the same thing that, that happened to me. After or you're too impatient to wait for the payoff at the end of the movie. Well, well, you remember the story I told when Us came out, where the dude came up to me and said that he didn't like Us because he thought it was racist against white people. And I'm going, how the fuck did you get that out of this story? Like, like, I don't understand. I, I, I don't, I don't. When I, I, when I watch Us, I don't look at it as that. I look at it as a story that could be told with any race of person. Yeah. If they would have said that about Get, get out, out, I would have disagreed, but I would have understood yes. why, where they got that. Yeah. But I think what's so great about, about his movies is that he does what people have been asking for and that he tells stories about minorities that them being minorities is not the center of the plot. Right. They just happen to be the characters it's about. Yeah. The fact that this is a ranch owned by a black family is not brought up. It's not made a big deal. It's just, this is their family ranch. You could have told that story any of honestly any of the characters could have been any race and it would not have truly changed the plot and honestly that's the best kind of representation now their characters are portrayed mm -hmm. as you know the the culture that they're in especially kiki palmer's character you could tell she's very much into her pop culture and oj is just like ranch uh, life yeah i'm all about ranch life but you could have changed those characters, yeah. the different actors, with some tweaks to the personalities, yep. and you could have told the same story. Absolutely. But he didn't. He told it, told his story with the people he wanted to tell the story. And like I said, that's the best kind of representation. Where it doesn't have to be a movie about a specific minority, all about being that minority. Right. Just tell a story with these people. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. Absolutely. And I think that's what he's best at. He really is. He just uh, happens to tend to pick minorities to, and it gives them opportunity. Well, and that's why I love his quote when somebody asked him about doing a movie with a with a predominantly white cast. And he mm -hmm. said, no, I've seen that movie already. I'm, yeah. I'm good. We have plenty of yeah. those. There is no shortage yeah. 
of movies predominantly about white people. Yeah. So it's his prerogative to be like, no. Yeah. I'm going to do something different. Not to mention, there are so many fantastic actors of mm-hmm. color in Hollywood yeah. as it is. Give them all a shot. Mm-hmm. Tell that story. Mm-hmm. Do your thing. Like, that's... As long as I'm interested in your story and your plot, mm-hmm. I can give a fuck less about what the person looks like. I Especially really including Stephen Yun as a as an Asian actor. I can only imagine Yeah. the, well, the limited roles that he has offered. Yeah. Because people just see him as, okay, he's Asian, so what Asian roles can we give him? And this was just a role that's like, okay, you happen yep. to be Asian. Yep. Cool. Yep. Whatever. Now, you can probably dig into that stuff and find some kind of racial subtext, subtext yeah. to it, and that's fine. Yeah. I'm not looking for it. And if I yeah. find it or somebody points it out to me, I'll go, oh, oh, I didn't oh, think about that. That's really, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's okay. I think that's totally okay. But it's not in your face shoved. No. You know, shoved in your face. This is the point of this. It's just a, yeah, I wanted to tell the story. And Stephen Young is a great actor, so yep. he wanted to play, play this role. Cool. Yep. So. He's a great actor. I like him. He did a good job. We'll, we'll put him in this role. Yeah. End of story. That's it. It can be that simple. Exactly. Exactly. So. Really ties back to our last episode with the old man who got upset about the bros trailer. Huh. <laughs> like yeah it's, it's the same rom-com as any other movie it just happens to have two dudes in it who gives a shit so um one last thing to get out of here on because we had, it is my drunk movie here and we have to talk about shit that affects us this is a headline i sent you about two weeks ago roughly uh from digitaltrends.com hollywood is abandoning movie theaters at the wrong time quote After a rough two years in which the COVID pandemic and the rise of streaming services contributed to a record decline in audiences going to movie theaters, Hollywood is seemingly coming back. Franchise tentpoles like Jurassic Park Dominion, they couldn't even get the title right, Jurassic World Dominion, and Minions The Rise of Gru posted health in the opening weekends while Marvel recovered from the pandemic low of Eternals and is once again posting worldwide grosses for Doctor Strange 2 and Thor 11 Thunder that flirt with a billion dollars or soon will be. Above all else, Top Gun Maverick continues to make money week after week, becoming Paramount's biggest hit since Titanic. <laughs> he does. It's impressive. The the Top Gun arguments for another day. I don't want to yeah. get into it. So, um, all that progress, however, is increasingly likely to stop in August when a dearth of product will threaten the recovery of the theatrical experience and the sustainability of Hollywood's traditional business model. The already dire situation got even worse with Warner Brothers recently pushing back the Stephen King adaptation Salem's Lot and MGM opting to release the Sylvester Stallone-led genre film Samaritan on Prime Video. While both films are not guaranteed blockbusters, their absence is all the more pronounced with what's left on the theatrical calendar for August, September, and even October. Cheap horror films, indie movies with little hope of crossover appeal, and re-releases of past hits like Avatar, Jaws, and E.T. Hold on. I'm stopping there. All this says is I have not paid a single ounce of attention to movie theaters or film distribution at any point ever in my life until right at this moment. And now I believe I know everything. Correct. And we're here to tell you all of that is bullshit. August, September, and October have always been, there's two times of year that we joke You send movies to die. The worst is spring. 
like that February March. I was time. gonna say I was that's gonna say, really where you send movies to. I would actually honestly go January. February you can get away with some rom coms for Valentine's Day, uh-huh. but late January March there's really nothing. April you get into some of the blockbusters that want to hit yeah. the beginning of people. Yep, getting into summer. August is always when people are starting to go back to school. They're winding down. They're not going to the movies as much. Yep. You're not going to get much product. September, you got nothing. It's all it's all Oscar bait. October, anything. you can get away with some horror movies and anticipation of people looking forward to uh, maybe an Halloween tent pole. Yes. Yeah. But mostly they're going to be waiting till November when people start returning to the movies for the holiday season. I went on vacation last August. Yeah. Because I knew that August is when we still have the college kids. And we still have plenty of staff, Mm -hmm. but not a whole lot of movies and business. So I can get away with being gone for an extended period of time without making your guys' life hell. Yeah. June and July are not that. May is not that. Nope. This is nothing new. You talk about you've been off and on for 10 years. I have been here basically solid for 15. Yep. This is nothing new. This is status quo. This is how the industry works. Yeah. So that whole article is stupid and it is. pointless. I sent it to you mostly as a laugh, but yes. because I wanted to bring it up on the show. I believe I responded with the uh, Tony Stark eye roll emoji, if I yes. remember correctly. It was perfect. It was perfect. And I know everyone knows which which gif I'm talking about. Straight from Avengers. So, yeah, no, that's that's the thing. So, so you pointed out late January into yes. February. Honestly, the because entire month of January. Summer and holidays. Yeah. That's our t- that's that's when we make money. Yep. The rest of the time we're just skating by. Yeah. You might have a surprise hit here and there. Yes. Deadpool did the perfect thing with its with its timing uh, and Black Panther as mm-hmm. well, releasing in February right around Valentine's Day. Yeah. There's not a whole lot else coming out. Big Ten. That was a good counter programming can... choice for all the people that don't want to go see the rom coms. Right. Right. And for the rom coms, you're on a low enough budget anyway. You're probably going to make your money back. It's not that big a deal. August, August has kind of been you're looking. You're looking for that one good weekend to make your budget back, and then hope that some people come out. To Guardians of the lecture. Galaxy one took a took a risk, being that first weekend of yeah. August, and it paid off in dividends. That was the first time that the MCU leaned into humor. Yeah, heavily. Yep. Well, there'd been I... there'd been like there'd been humor throughout it. But it was the first time they truly tried to make something that was comedic. Well, and not just that. And so you throw it in a time that usually doesn't have much, kind of gauge how it goes. Right. And it went well, so they continued. Not just that, but they also did it with a set of characters most everybody knew literally nothing about. Yeah. Most everybody leading up to that had everybody knows Captain America, even though he's yeah. he was more of a B lister. Even I knew who Captain America was. Everybody knows out. Hulk. Yes, Thor. People are kind of familiar with Iron Man. People are kind of familiar with. Yeah, everybody else is kind of, like like I said, they're not they're not a Blade. They're not Spider Man. They're not mm-hmm. they're not some of these other Marvel characters. They're not the X Men. Yeah. But well known enough, Guardians of the Galaxy. Honestly, if you knew who Rocket Raccoon was beforehand, you were cool as shit in my book. Because like nobody knows her. If you know Rocket Raccoon, you know Howard the Duck. So <laughs> you know. But yeah, like when it comes to Hollywood movies, it it's mostly once we get past uh, that New Year's Eve weekend. 
Yeah. Because usually it's a week of dead space. You, and then after that, it is low-budget horror movies that nobody else wants to watch. You can sometimes get away with the first week or so of January if yeah. it's something... Because, like, that was that was when Split came out. Yes. It was that first week of January. Yeah. That you're like, okay, people have gone to see mm-hmm. the big, big releases that they're super excited to see. Maybe some of those college kids have one more weekend before they go back to school. They kind of want to have their one last... The one last thing they want to go see, let's release Split then. It's going to be a little more niche. It's not going to be as widespread. Let's release it then. Yeah. Sorry. But once you hit like mid-January, kids are back to school. It's cold outside. Everyone's kind of back in their routine. Yeah. It drops off. Right. And and so, yeah. And then and then September, I said it earlier, September is Oscar bait month. Yes. Like it really is like you you'll get a few low budget action movies or comedies or whatever it's the in release of all the movies people are going to ask about in january when the nominations come out and then they're like well why aren't you showing it right we were in september right once you get into october october is and all this has shifted a lot in the last 15 years or so since since we've been in some business. of them are spreading them out a little more than they yeah. used to well we got the batman in march we've gotten Fast and Furious movies in April. Uh, you know. Some of them figured out if they drop a big movie in the middle of nowhere, yep, they'll get everybody going to see. Yeah, it. and it makes sense because like I... when Batman came out, everyone was going to see Batman. Every show of Batman was sold out, and everything else had like ten people in it. Yeah, so and if... well, half of that was people who wanted to see Batman, but it was sold out, so they decided to go to something else. Yeah, and and so if you want to if you want to maximize your dollars, if you want to take a a decent big budget movie let's say 100 150 million and you want to not have to compete a whole lot you pretty confident in the word of mouth etc etc you drop it right in the middle of march april somewhere in there yeah. you have plenty of space if you really want to test tempt fate you'll do it in january when everybody's going back to school or august yeah. when everybody's going back to school March to April, you can usually get at least a couple weeks in before something else comes out that people truly want to see. Right. Especially if you do April. Yeah. March, you usually have a little bit further time. To... March is when you drop the ones that you think make it good word of mouth. Yep. April is like, okay, I just want to get a couple good weeks in before everything else starts coming out. Because yeah. usually the first MCU movie hits end of April, early May. Yep. Kind of the it's first, usually, of, it's first of the first summer. Yeah. yeah. It's usually first weekend of May for Marvel. Infinity War it's and been as early as April, but that's usually yeah. like the very last weekend of April, like yep. the 29th. Yeah, and and there's nothing wrong with that. To no. sit, but to sit there and to write this entire article and say, yeah. well, theaters are, you know, studios are abandoning the theaters. It's no, like, it's so disingenuous and it's so If anything, false. this summer has taught them that we make them their money. When Tom Cruise had his biggest fucking hit ever, ever, not not just I was talking about this today with our bartender at work. Yeah. Top Gun came out Memorial Day weekend. It Which is was the, perfect. It is the it was. It is the end of July. Top Gun is still we're down to one print, but it is still in one of our biggest theaters. Yeah, because it keeps selling. Because it keeps selling out still. Yeah. Tell you two months. We've, it has been out for two months, have, and it is not dying off. We we have lost Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness before we've lost that. Thor is already down to one. Right. One screen starting next week. 
exactly. still have Top Gun in a bigger theater. Minions is dropping off. Like, uh-huh. yeah, like I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what voodoo. I don't know which demon and or space god that Tom Cruise has sold his soul to. But Top Gun is just fucking crushing it. Yeah, good for it. I, well, eh, eh, we can get into that another day. I think there's. I I wish that movie was no. I wish that was the one that was crushing it box yeah. office wise. But it does show that people want to go to the theaters. Mm-hmm. They want to see something that they can't see at home, or at least experience it in a way they can't experience at home. Yeah. Again, regardless of your or my thoughts on Tom Cruise, I feel it, like everyone knows how much I hate Tom Cruise at this point. But but. When it comes to, going back to Nope, when it comes to the spectacle yeah. of seeing those kinds of things, it's not the same as watching it on a giant screen with a professional audio system. I, and that's honestly, that's what we've preached for the last two years. This summer has proven that if they create the content, people will show up for it. Trisha, are you saying if they build it, they will come? Yes. Yes. Call us the field of dreams. Indeed. So, so yeah. So, digital times and uh, hold on. I'm gonna call this motherfucker out. Uh, what's your name? Digital trends. <laughs> Jason Struss. Jason, you dense motherfucker. No, you're doing your job. You're writing an article. I'm not mad at you, but you just don't know what you're talking about. You... You're spouting off with the confidence of a mediocre white man. Yeah, it's true. Watch, he's black. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> No one really paid that much attention to theaters. Yeah. Not really. It was just an accepted, this is how the, 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 the yep. industry works. Post-COVID, or at least post-shutdown, everyone's suddenly an expert at film distribution and exhibition, and everyone seems to know what they're talking about. And those of us who've been in this industry for a very long time are going, y'all are stupid, please stop talking. Exactly. Talk to one of us first. Right. We will tell you what's up. Yep. So... So yeah, so that's that's the gist of it. The the article is is misguided. Is the yes. nice way I'm gonna yes. put it. Yeah, I appreciate the concern. The, the concern. <laughs> I appreciate that someone is trying to defend us. Yes, but like you said, it's misguided. It's a little misguided. We we're fine. You're calling out a normal practice as something troubling, and this is right. not troubling. This and, is just how it works. This and, is how it's always worked and that's the thing as we've pointed out yeah movies are going to go to streaming yes they are that's nature of the beast it just it is that that's the world we're in now but when it comes to the movies that they know can bring in put at the seats or put asses in seats and bring in money good bad ugly whatever if they think that they can sell a ticket to it they'll sell a ticket to it i feel like the gray man which i recently watched i know you haven't watched Uh, right i literally watched yesterday is a good illustration of it is a solid action flick. Mm-hmm. It's nothing super special. So if the gray man going to Netflix makes way for a movie like Nope going to the big screen, yep. I am okay with that. Yep. I am happy. I will gladly sit here in my living room and watch the gray man and be fine with it. 
yeah. if I can go to a theater and watch Nope on a big screen. And I think that's fair. I think that's absolutely fair. And I think there's a lot of people that would agree with me. Yeah. Would I have liked to see... Of course, I'd like to see everything on a big screen that I can. But that's not realistic. Exactly. I don't have time to go see everything. Even working there, I don't have time to go see everything. Exactly. I think I think one of the things that I need to point... I feel like I need to point out. They, they mentioned the MGM Sylvester Stallone movie Samaritan, the superhero movie he's doing, going to Prime Video. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. MGM and Amazon would not agree to just put it on to Prime Video yeah. if they thought it had a solid chance of making the Buku bucks. Mm-hmm. Every foot, every bit, not footage, but every still I've seen from it looks like it's pretty low budget. Mm-hmm. Low budget. I, I'm sure it commanded quite a few million dollars, but like Compared to a lot of other movies, yeah. I'm sure it was a small enough budget that they can afford to just go, yeah, let's go ahead and just pad something in here until, you know, The Boys Season 4 comes out. Yeah. So, you know, whereas moving Salem's Lot, obviously Warner Brothers has confidence in it. They just want to move it into a better spot or they want to do some course correction with it. Something's going on there. Yeah, That, that speaks to me more about the quality of the actual content of the film than it does about studios' aversion to releasing to a theater. Yeah. Like you said, I think more often than not, when a studio moves a film, it's more about the film itself uh-huh. than picking the right release date. Picking the right release date is like, okay, we pushed it back two weeks, so it's not opening against something else. Yeah. That's about picking the right release date. Moving it significantly is there's something not quite right with the movie, probably reaction from test audiences. We need to fix something. Yeah. And we need time to do that. Or there's the case of the Munsters movie from Rob Zombie, where you just go, yeah, let's get rid of this shit immediately. Yes, and not just streaming. Oh, and not just, sorry, we're going to, we're going to, I wasn't planning on talking about the Munsters, but I had to bring it up. The fact that it's, it's universal. Universal is producing this film. Uh-huh. And the fact that they're not even putting it on Peacock, they're sitting it's Netflix. Let's say here, Netflix. You you can have this. how much how much you gonna give us for this? Yeah, the okay. reaction was not what we wanted here. You can you can, yes. you can have. <laughs> well, and so Rob Zombie with that has been all like, uh, well, you know that, that was put in place before I before I I didn't have any involvement yeah. in that. I'm sitting going, okay. Sure, bro. Sure. sure, like, sure. Okay. Did you watch the trailer for your movie? Anyway, <laughs> we'll talk about the next time we do a show because we're already over time and that, that episode is, or that, that trailer. Holy fuck. Anyway, that's going to do it for, god damn it, I got to sober up before I go home. That's going to do it for do it for us here at My Drunk Movie Theater. Uh, I am so glad that we got to uh trauma bond together over what happened to me on sunday that we got to talk about san diego comic-con that we got mm-hmm. to talk about uh you know bullshit shit in the industry and nope fuck just go see no nope. i'm not getting paid for any of this i can't even tell you that this episode was brought to you by villa one it's just the shit we happen to be drinking <laughs> go see nope go in with an open mind go take a media literacy class before you go in but go in Enjoy the movie. Enjoy it for the spectacle that it is. That's the yes. key word, spectacle. Yes. Um, but that's it. That's going to do it for us here on My Drunk Movie Theater this week. Uh, make sure you follow us at Drunk underscore Theater on Twitter. Interact with us, all that. 
Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Love to hear your thoughts after you watch Nope. And yes. and don't spoil it for anybody if you're gonna tweet us. Feel free to DM us. Like I don't yeah. give I'll I'll respond. I'll be like, you're a fucking idiot. Or I'll be like, you know what, you're right. No, I won't call you an idiot. I'll be like, I disagree. I'll be very gentlemanly about it. So uh but yeah that's that's it that's all for this week uh from all of us here at my drunk movie theater i'm kyle sutton i'm trisha campbell and don't throw cheese at your fucking movie theater staff oh sorry be nice to your movies your damn movie theater staff (laughs)